0: Do you feel pressured to get back to your pre-baby weight? If so, why? Today's guest is calling for us to celebrate our wobbly bits instead of feeling embarrassed about them. When Sophia Cooper shared a photo of her muffin top post-pregnancy tummy, she could never have imagined what would happen next. Frustrated by airbrushed images of celebrity mums, Sophia wanted to show what new mums really look like. So she posted a picture on Facebook one evening then went to bed. The next day it went viral across the world.
1: Rock Bottom is the strongest foundation. I was at the absolute lowest I could ever imagine being and it ended up being the absolute making of me as a a woman, as a mother. We have the perfection of motherhood and what it should be like. And I always remember thinking I was gonna bake with my children and it would be really, really beautiful. And in reality, they wipe their bogies in the batter, like nobody wants to eat that. Maybe the pieces might not go back the way that they were, but you're still whole and still just as valuable as you were before.
0: Welcome to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. I launched Mummies as a community for families to help people to connect, both online and in person. My goal is to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. I met mum of three, Sophia, at her Redditch home before the coronavirus pandemic hit. We talked about everything from postnatal depression and body image to how she set up a church hall group where mums could exercise with their babies and what transformed it into a hugely successful One Fit Mama fitness franchise that now offers free classes to help mums struggling with postnatal depression. So tell us a bit about the picture that you posted in July two thousand and fifteen. Um, what was that a picture of? So first of all it was
1: a picture of me in um leggings and a crop top, so with my tummy exposed, and it was five oh no, three months post birth. So my little girl was um three months and um I was I was overweight, I suppose is the polite way to put it. Um it was I had stretch marks, loose skin, love handles, huge pants, just all the things that you would expect to see post-birth. And I shared it because although I'd been sort of working in fitness with mums for about four or five years by that point, I even myself expected to go back into that kind of pre-pregnancy weight really quickly. And I was quite disheartened that I felt Like, I I didn't have any control of my body. I still was a bit wobbly. Um, And as I'd kind of thought about how I felt, it made me think about how the women that were coming to our classes would feel. So it was meant to be a bit of a tongue-in-cheek. I put it on our. you know, our Facebook, which only had about a thousand, um, you know, likes and follows. And
0: what message did you share with and that? And so the message
1: was, you know, here I am. This is, this is what it looks like to have just had a baby. No, I'm, you know, I'm not stick thin. I've got lots of excess skin. I've got lots of excess fat. I've got, you know, stretch marks and, you know, this is just what it looks like. My, you know, my breasts were huge. I was breastfeeding It, you know, and it was very, sort of very real. And it, the message was more about it's okay. You know, it's not the norm. There are some very lucky women that have a baby and go back to their, you know, pre-birth rate very quickly. Um, And they're very, you know, that either they work hard or they're blessed or for whatever reason, but the majority of us don't look like that. Um, And so I wanted to kind of empower our mums and say look even me I've ate well I've exercised every other day I've been really healthy even I still don't look where I was you know a year ago um, and loads of the local Birmingham mums they were liking it and sharing it and it was really positive positive. Um, and I didn't really think much of it I sort of was reading all the lovely comments from people And I'd posted it in the afternoon. So I kind of went to bed about 10 o'clock and, you know, I had a little check. And the first I knew that it had gone outside of Birmingham was my mother-in-law called me at 10 past six in the morning. So I was like panicking, thinking something was off. And she's like, you're on Sky News. And I was like, what? (laughs) So i Got up and I put Sky News on and there I was, this selfie that I'd taken with all my wobbly bits. I had an awful bra on with no support. My leggings are pulled up really high and there I was on Sky News. And it just was mental. I just, all day, I was getting different phone calls. You're on here. We were, there was, the self ended up on this morning. Then it ended up on Lorraine Kelly. Um, it was obviously in the Birmingham Mail. It It just went nuts. overnight. And and I think the reason it went mental was because people were saying, yes, this is is what we looked like three months after having a baby and that's normal. It's okay. Um, And I think people felt quite reassured by it. And, you know, lots of the comments were, you know, oh God, I feel better now. You know, I thought I didn't look right or I thought I should have lost my weight by now. And, And I think it was, people felt very reassured by actually even working out, eating healthy. You know, th- this is it's okay to to be That's a bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. I think reality is definitely distorted with filters and stuff. And I think at that point, somebody just being really open with no filter, nothing. I don't even think I'd brush my hair, to be honest. It was meant. It was just very as I am. Um, and I think that that really resonated with mums.
0: And mums all over the world, was not it?
1: Yeah. You know, the, the, the most exciting was the Australian Prime Minister called me and asked me if she could um, interview me for a blog that she was doing. And I was like, yeah, go course you can. That's <laughs> fine. Um, you know, America, all over Europe it was shared. We had messages from Germany, Switzerland, France, Italy. Like it was just mental. And I think that really showed me that it wasn't just Brummie mums that felt that way. All the mums felt, like all of the mums all over the world felt actually, yeah, I'm fed up of feeling like I've got to snap back or bounce back. And I think that it just, that message of you're doing okay, I think just so many mums needed to see that at, at that time really. And I think there'd been a few celebrities around that time who'd had babies and were in bikinis six weeks later. And I think it was starting to feel like that was the expectation. So I, I just think the timing of that selfie was you know was right you know where it should have been and I think people really appreciated it
0: they certainly did yes so take me back to the beginning of your kind of fitness journey because you weren't always into fitness were you no so
1: I originally I've always been a dancer so I was physically very active and healthy um but I was in finance by trade that's what I did and I thought that's what I loved um and then when I had my first son I had quite severe depression and um I just was a different person. The person that I was when I was in finance, I just didn't recognise her. And so over the year of me being on maternity leave, the thought of going back and sort of the dread, it just filled me more and more. And the postnatal depression kind of escalated to a point where I was suicidal. So I had been referred to a counsellor and it was this young lad I think he must have been in the job all of four minutes before he saw me. And I didn't really take anything that he said on board because I felt like he didn't understand, he couldn't possibly understand what I was going through. Um, And so on our third session, I think we only had like one session left, he said, you know, exercise would be a really good thing for you to do. And I was like, oh. And we had this list of things that I had to tick off to say that I'd done. Um, And it was very much a tick box exercise. I had no intention of sticking at it at all. So I went to an outdoor uh, push chair fitness class, and I just hated it because I'm not outdoorsy, unless it's the weather is perfect, just the right temperature, just the right amount of sun. You know, a northeast wind. I don't like being outside. So after 40 minutes in the park, I knew it wasn't for me. So the next thing I tried was actually at Coxmore Woods Leisure Centre, and it was a circuits class, and. I just loved it. I really, really, really loved it. And I left that class on the evening just feeling amazing. Um, but the sort of sticking point was leaving Finn. One of my issues was this anxiety of him not being well if I wasn't there or something happening to him if I wasn't with him all the time. So leaving him at bedtime was just too was just too hard. I couldn't do it. And it was this really like weighing up whether what was what was worse for me if I went to the class and left Finn or if I stayed with him and didn't go to the class and so I couldn't go back to the circuits and um, I didn't really do anything else and after a few weeks of feeling a bit rubbish about it um, I wasn't sleeping very well it was about quarter to two in the morning and I just was talking to my husband and he was like oh please just go to sleep I just need you to go to sleep and he said, really flippantly, "Well, why don't why don't you why don't you start a class that circuits that you could take Finn to?" And I was like, "Yeah, I could do that. I could really do that." And he just rolled over, typical bloke, rolled over, went back to sleep. And I just was like, all night, it's all I could think about. And so that morning, I got up and I was like researching what I would need to do, and I went and did a fitness qualification and just just even having something else to focus on started to heal me more than anything else had before um so it took about four or five months before I'd got any qualifications and then I just set up a church hall group in Harbourn and about five mums came and I only found them because Facebook wasn't as big then so it was like little leaflets in doctor's surgeries and and posters that I'd put about and you know five or six mums came and with their babies with their babies and I bought some secondhand. Uh, Exercise mats and, um, you know, none of my equipment matched, and I had, you know, odd colored dumbbells, and but it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And one of the women that came to that very first class is now one of our senior instructors. It changed her her life so much that she was like, "No, I want to do this too," and it just really spiraled from there. Again, a bit like the belly selfie, I never realized that the thing that I needed to see or the thing that I needed to have was the thing that everyone else was looking forward to. Um, so as it got bigger, we started to cover Sutton and Bromsgrove and bigger, um, sort of wider Midlands.
0: By having franchises with other No, moms. that was just oh, me. Like, just I just used to going drive to different
1: around. Areas. It, I had a tiny C3 car. I don't know how I fit anything in there. And I just used to drive around to different areas. Um, and then we got calls that there was like Litchfield and Tamworth and there was no way I could get there Um, and we looked at hiring instructors but it didn't feel like it was right for me for my mental health I felt like it was too much pressure Um, and so we kind of decided to have a not-for-profit franchise where you can buy a franchise but we don't make any money from it at all it's just your equipment and your training that you pay for but the deal was that you had to give back so to support other mums in whatever area you opened in you had to help them with PND and that was kind of the She's promise. Postnatal
0: depression. We postnatal
1: depression, that's right. And and we've opened that up now to post-traumatic stress disorder and anxiety. So we cover a lot of maternal mental health. But that was the deal. You can come and I will teach you everything that I've learned, but you have to give back. Um and now we're 40 franchises in, and that's the promise that we still make them make. You have to give back, you have to run groups where women can access them with postnatal depression. We have a charity where you don't have to pay. So if you are experiencing postnatal depression or any other maternal mental health, you can actually access the scheme for free um, and come along to classes with your baby um, and start to start to you know feel more like you. Um, and I love that all the women that work f- for me, I hate saying it like that, it sounds really, but um, they all feel just as passionate about caring for women as, as I do. And I think they've all had their own journey with mental health or um, mothering. And that is what makes them feel so passionate about helping others. And I just love seeing that and wherever I am, whatever, you know, we've got classes down in Plymouth and up in Stratford. So wherever I am, the passion's still the same. And I think that's what makes it successful, really. Never thought in a million years it would be this big. Just thought it'd be me, my little banger, driving around the Midlands. I hadn't really planned for it to take off as much as it did, Um which makes it quite organic. You know, there's no, no big sales patter or anything, um, which means that I get to pick the best people.
0: And so it's so lovely to make such a difference to other people's lives, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I always think about that person that I was and I always think about that, especially when it comes around to just before Finn's birthday because that's when I attempted my to take my own life. I'm very sort of reminiscent of who I was then. I was very broken. I didn't really have good friendships and relationships because I didn't feel like I was worthy of those um, and so when we see women and they come to us they're in that same place and they don't value themselves as a mother as a wife as a woman and um, being able to help them get to where I am is it doesn't matter how many times I see that journey it, it kind of it gets me every time in the gut because I remember being that person and thinking there's no way out of this. This is it. This is my life. I'm going to be sad and damaged forever. Um, so when we see them and they leave us and they've got a support network and they've got confidence and it, it just every time it just gives me chills every single time. I don't think I'll ever get bored of it. Even if I'm still doing this in 100 years, I'll still love that, you know, that kind of butterfly effect of changing somebody so massively. Um I don't think I'll get bored of that.
0: And I guess that's the the key to it, isn't it? It's much more than just going to a fitness class. It's that whole kind of connecting with other
1: people, making new friends. Yeah, I mean, again, I didn't really put that much thought into it in the beginning. I just knew what I needed and I needed to be around other mums. I needed to have an outlet for me. Um, But so many mums don't do anything for themselves. You know, we go to baby massage classes and... Play groups and it's all about the baby and it's all about your toddler and it's never about what you need and whether that's physical so it's your pelvic floor health or you've got back pain or whether it's mental because you you know you're struggling with your mental health or if you're just lonely and you've got no one we never put ourselves as mums first it's something we just aren't good at doing um so this is a really good way for mums to do that without feeling guilty because their baby's still there their babies are still having a great time um And I think that that's so important. Not even if mums put themselves first at all, and certainly not from a whole perspective, you know, there's a lot of talk about mental health and that's really important. And it's about time that we talked about mums and their mental health, but also the impact that, physical birth and parenting has on mums you know our backs are never the same our hips are never the same our pelvic floors are never the same um and for such a long time we've just accepted that you know this this is it this is my lot I'm gonna pee when I run or you know I'll never get good quality sleep again and we're starting to change and we're starting to realise that mums deserve better and they can have better and I feel really excited to be part of that movement there's so many amazing people that are really champion maternal health and I just feel really excited that we get to be a part of that and I suppose inadvertently I started that you know 10 years ago not even knowing that that's where I was headed really so yeah it's it's exciting and I think the more we speak about maternal health and mums and their bodies and what they deserve, um, you know, the stronger and better everybody will be. Cause mums are awesome. Like there's this, what's the saying? If you want um something doing, ask a busy mum to do it. Yes. <laughs> Never a true art quote said ever. Definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and do you think that some for some mums, the mums that you've met who've come along to some of the groups, they find that motherhood can feel a bit lonely sometimes.
1: Definitely, absolutely, and it is. I think we have the perfection of motherhood and what it should be like. And I always remember thinking I was going to bake with my children, and it would be really, really beautiful. And in reality, they wipe their bogies in the batter. Like nobody wants to eat that. <laughs> and I think that it's it is lonely because you, every mum sets this standard, and it's not achievable. And certainly not daily, you can't be a good mum every day. And I think that we have to keep saying that, like, it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to sometimes shout, you're a human and you're teaching your children that, okay, mummy shouted and she shouldn't have shouted and she's really sorry for shouting. That's a better lesson than trying to be perfect all the time. Um, And I think definitely for the mums that we work with, that loneliness and that sort of feeling of isolation is it's just rife. wherever we go in the country, it's the same. Women feel really isolated and they set the standards and the bar so high that every day all they're doing is berating themselves for not achieving their the goals that they'd set in their head to achieve that day. And I think we need to keep a child alive is a win. If I get home and my kids are fed and they've made it to bed and no one's broken anything and they're all there and accounted for, I've had a successful day, <laughs> in that, you know, and I think we need to stop putting that pressure on mums to achieve perfection and just enjoy, you know, And instead of surviving motherhood, thriving in it, enjoying that time and whatever that is, whether that's, you know, sword fighting with your toddler or, you know, whether that's, Scraping poo out of knickers because you're party training, all of it is part of being a mum. And we should just kind of take every day as it is and not put too much pressure on ourselves.
0: Do you think social media has a, a part to play in that? Oh,
1: Instagram, 100%. You know, the filters and the, the grids and all the pretty colours. Um, but I always think, how many shots did that take? And how many times did she yell at her children to smile? You know, we don't see that, and I think that there's this real culture of having everything Instagram worthy. You know, if it if it's not on the gram, it didn't happen. Um, and I think that that does make it hard, and especially from a, a body perspective. Even now, I still will look at bigger fitness Instagrammers and be like, "Oh God, my body doesn't look like that." And for a minute, I do feel really insecure about. Oh well, I don't want to post what I look like because it doesn't look like that. Um, and I think that that's for everything, whether it's World Book Day projects or, you know, it. Everybody's comparing to that Instagram post and how perfect that was, but I think that's not reality. And day to day, as a busy mum of three or two or however many, it's not realistic to 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 work towards that. Um, and I think that some of the bloggers that try to show the other side almost go too far the other way, actually, and. You know, I've said before, there's certain bloggers that make jokes about, you know, using baby wipes to clean. And I think that doesn't have to be the norm either. Like, just whatever you're doing and whatever gets you through your day is good for you. Don't worry about what either end of that spectrum are doing. Whatever makes you happy and keeps your family safe and keeps your family going is is all you need to do. Nothing else. And if you don't get to take a picture of that nice day out and put it on Instagram, it still happened. You know, they're still... Memories, your children will still remember that. And by the time our kids are old, you know, Instagram will have gone, it'll be something new. Um, you know, kids don't eat, my kids, my older kids, are like, oh, you're on Facebook. Like, it's so archaic to him. So I think by the time they're old enough to have families of their own, they won't remember Instagram and they won't remember, you know, that amazing picture that they took. Um, I was saying, we went to the safari park a, a few months ago um, and. I remember, like, trying to plan this amazing day and, like, I had made lovely lunches for us and took loads of pictures and we sang. And the thing that my kids remembered the most, I came home and they said to my mother-in-law, um, was that a buffalo farted by the car. <laughs> and I'd gone through all this trouble to... Prep this amazing day. It's kids for you. But they they would not stop going on about this buffalo farting. And I was like, just what? that's what you've remembered out of that day. I think that's what we have to remember, it genuinely. They don't
0: really pay attention to all no, of that they detail. They don't care
1: about the homemade courgette scones the buffalo farted and it made their whole whole life <laughs> just.
0: So what kind of impact do you think One Fit Mama has had on your kids? Do they get involved? Did it at all?
1: Oh, So my oldest boy wants to be a physiotherapist, mm. um, which is amazing. He keeps saying that's what he's going to do, One Fit Mama, for his job, and I love that. Um, my little girl, because I've been so empowered by the women that I've met over the last 10 years and really got into maternal, um, maternal health, um, she is very um, sassy. She's like a tiny feminist. Um, and she uses the word vagina and vulva and she's very open about her body and I loved that because I would never have done that at you know nearly five um, and everyone comments about how confident she is and how and I think that's lovely that's the impact that it's had on her and that wasn't even intentional but she's just around it and you know she knows all about her pelvic floor and I think that's a legacy really because I think women need to be more empowered by their bodies. So if if I get lots of little, tiny little girls that have attended One Fit Mama classes with their mums who grow up to be these empowered women, then I think that, you know, I will have won. Um, but yeah, the boys, my older boys very much don't want a proper job. I think that they think this isn't a proper job. That's what they say. They don't want to get a proper job. They want to do a job where they're their own boss. And I live that too, like giving them thinking outside the box, um, like little tiny entrepreneurs. So that's nice. And I think that they've benefited, whether they would say it now or not, I think when they're older, they will. You know, I've never missed a school run. I, you know, I do One Fit Mama in between school runs. I never miss an Easter bonnet parade or a nativity. And I think they probably don't appreciate that now. But I hope when they're older that that they'll see. Um, and, you know, a lot of the women that, that work for One Fit Mama now say the same thing. You know, that's, the thing that I love the most about the job is having that opportunity and spending all the six eight holidays with them. And it's not—don't get me wrong—it's not all easy. You know, if I've got to be in a class and I'm assessing an instructor, and you know, my two boys are trying to murder each other, that's not always ideal. Um, but I wouldn't—I wouldn't change it. Mm, maybe sometimes, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> one like once or twice in the holidays, I would change it. But yeah, generally it's. I do feel quite lucky to have that opportunity and to have given that opportunity to 40 other mums as well is is really lovely. So, yeah, I think they don't understand how one fit mama happened. And I worry about that sometimes, that Finn will get older and he'll hear the story about me having depression and, and feel like it was his fault. And that's my biggest fear, that he'll grow up and think, oh, well, my mum tried to kill herself because of me. And I hate... I ha- that's, that's my... You know, I really worry about that. And we try to talk really openly about mental health with him and and with all of them. Um, But, yeah, I don't think he probably realises that the impact that he had on me has made this impact that I've had on on everybody else. Um, And I think, yeah, that's really special. But it does worry me as he gets older and they have access to Google. And, you know, my story's been about so much. Um, I I worry what he'd take away from it. And I hope that he would know that um, he's what made it awesome. It was him that made all of this happen and not, you know, in spite of him. It was because of him. And if I'd never had children, I would never be the person I am now. I was not a very nice person when I worked for the bank. I was very financially driven, very goal orientated. Um, people didn't matter. Figures mattered and being successful mattered. And I look at that person and just roll my eyes all the way back because that's not any person that I would want to be. Um so I'm glad that he changed me.
0: It's amazing how motherhood takes you on that journey.
1: Oh, well, they say you know when a when a baby's born, so is a mother, and I think I never really appreciated that until he was here, and everything changed. I just nothing felt the same, nothing looked the same. How I wanted to be wasn't the same. You know, my goals for life weren't the same, and I don't think you're ever for prepared for that and like my husband says the same you know he walked into that hospital a bloke and left a dad and that sort of you know surreal overwhelming oh we're parents you just can't prepare for how much it changes you but I definitely think you know it's it's for the better and I've yet to meet a woman who didn't have a baby that didn't bring out the absolute best in her and Mm -hmm. you know last year we helped nearly 50,000 women so I'd say that's you know, a good bet, Um, it does always bring out the best, I think.
0: And And do you think we should do more to support dads as well?
1: Yes, definitely, especially dads who have had um, a rocky start. You know, Finn was in uh, neonatal at the Birmingham Women's and then I had personal depression and he had no idea how to cope with either of those things and there's lots of support groups for mums. There's not so many for dads and I think that he was expected to just, man up you know and just support me but he didn't know what he was supporting he had no idea where to start and he did a brilliant job um, and he's you know been a huge part of One Fit Mama but definitely I think there needs to be more support and the focus needs to not just be on mums but on parenting and working as a team that first year of having a baby is the absolute deal breaker for you know, if. I've never, you know, any mum that tells me they've not had a whisper argument at 2am over a night feed is a liar. We've we've all had those arguments, <laughs> you know, shouting at your husband, but trying not to wake the baby. Um, because it's hard and you learn so much about each other. And you're both trying to do a brand new job with absolutely no guidance. Um, and probably not the same way either. Um, and I think that Women and dads, and you know, should understand that it's okay to have a bumper year. It's expected to have a bumper year. It won't be Instagram worthy newborn shots. It's going to be night feeds and pooey nappies and being exhausted. And I think we have to be, again, this kind of realism about what that is. And for dads too, you know, your wife is going to want to punch you a lot. And that's normal. It's about that honesty, isn't it? We say that there's this sort of three-month wobble and it's sort of dad has got back into the routine of work and mum's just getting into the routine of being a mum and suddenly she wants to throttle her husband because her hormones levels change and she thinks, well, you, nothing's changed for you. You've gone back to work. You get to drive in the car for an hour without someone yelling at you, but I can't pee on my own anymore. And it's always about that sort of 12 week mark. And they all just want to kill their husbands. And we say, yeah, don't kill him. It's frowned upon. Um, But you can get through the other side, talk to each other, tell him that that's how you feel. Let him tell you that he's jealous that you get to be with the baby all day, because that's another thing we don't talk about. We talk about how great it is they've gone to work and we're left behind. But actually... He's just had this amazing baby that he wants to stare at and look at and cuddle all day just like we do. But he has to go to work because he didn't get a year's paternity leave, and I think we need to be more honest about what how everybody feels and and the expectations and and set realistic goals. It's not realistic to say you're going to go on a date night, you know once a week because you're tired and you just want to nap. Um, but is it realistic to say that you'll turn your phone off when you have tea? And just spend 15 minutes talking to each other. You know, those are realistic goals. And I think, you know, maybe that won't make it to Instagram, but you'll have a better relationship for it. Yeah, definitely.
0: I think you have the antenatal classes, don't you? But then once you've had the baby, you're kind of just in well, the deep
1: end, aren't you? Deep, well, deep end doesn't even cut it. It's like being thrown into the Bermuda Triangle. It's You have no idea what's coming. And one of the things that we always say at One Fit Mum is you plan for labour and you plan for birth, but there's no plan for afterwards. No plan for how you will heal. No plan for who will support you. Um, no plan for your recovery. And that's the bit. The baby will come out regardless. That baby is definitely, absolutely coming out one way or another. That, we still need a birth plan, but it shouldn't be more important than the plans that you put in place for afterwards, you know, and I think it's almost like it stops at, you know, 40 weeks or 42 weeks and you leave that delivery room and the support kind of is swept away. And I think that's why most women feel like they've got to cope through it because that's, That's the norm, isn't it? Off you go. Congratulations. Mm, That's so
0: true. So if you could go back in time, what plan would you put in place? Definitely would
1: have more support. Mm -hmm. I would definitely ask in-laws, aunts, uncles, anybody to come and stay one night a week so that we could sleep. I would definitely ask people to cook me meals. I found getting good nutrition in those early days really hard. Um, We lived off takeaways for about a month because just cooking was not an option. Um, And I would plan for how my body would feel. I didn't read enough books about afterwards. I didn't know that I would feel like gravity was trying to pull my womb and uterus clean out of me for for months afterwards. I didn't plan for um, needing the toilet every 30 seconds. I thought that would all stop. Everything would be normal. I didn't plan for backache um, or being bigger. Didn't plan for that at all. I, you know, remember bagging my maternity stuff up towards the end of my, ma- you know, end of pregnancy, thinking, oh, I won't need those, and having to unpack those bags again because I still needed them. Um, and I would definitely plan for my mental health. I, I think I didn't realise the impact all the changes would have on me. Um, and I wish I, I wish I could go back and get that girl at twenty three and say, you're doing great. You, I mean, you are messing everything up, but so is everyone else. So, you, you know, you're doing a good job. And I think there's not enough of that said, just you're doing a good job. And even if you're getting it wrong, it's still a good job because there's no right way, really. Um, and I think for my husband, I think the same. I think he wishes he knew more about what could have happened, what could go wrong. and And that's not about being pessimistic. I think... There's a real culture of, you know, don't talk about your birth story if it wasn't good and don't talk about the horror stories um, because, you know, if if you think about the bad things, the bad things will happen and I think we have to get out of that. Talking about the things that can happen isn't making it happen. It's being prepared for every eventuality, even if that's not the ultimate end game that you wanted. You need to be prepared for what might happen and I think if we were all more prepared, we would... Be affected you know far less than than we are ultimately when things end up in emergency c-section or we end up having postnatal depression if we if we thought that that was a possibility we would cope better with it when it happened
0: so take me through what happens when you come to your first one fit mama class as a as a new mom
1: we'll talk to you about how you feel how was your birth how big was your baby? How are you sleeping? Because that's important. All of those things are important to your recovery. Um, we know that to aid weight loss, we need to sleep. But that's why mums can't lose their baby weight because we've not slept in seven years. So we think, you know, getting that whole package and finding out how you're feeling, what you want, you know, what is your goal? How's your pelvic floor health? Um, and then you will settle your baby Um, And we're really friendly. We get you to speak to other mums. We have buddy mums. So mums that have been coming for a really long time, they're our buddy mums and we get them to hang around with the newbies um, so they don't feel like, oh, what am I doing? Um, And yeah, it's just a, a, a really good starting block to talk about how you feel from the off. That's what we want from the very beginning. Tell us absolutely how you feel and then we kind of work forwards from there and, and start setting some goals. Whether those goals are you just being able to walk around the class for 40 minutes without holding your baby, that's fine. Or if your goal is you want to get back to running, that's fine. Um, and every mum has a completely different goal. For some mums it's, you know, they're struggling with incontinence and that's their goal to, to you know, not have to wear incontinence pants for other mums the goal is um, you know we've got mums that run marathons that come to us we get a lot of mums who are in um, the forces who uh, you know need to be fit for their job and, and that's their goal so you know never, I never would want a mum to feel like their goal isn't isn't a good enough goal because whatever that is um, is is important and whatever you know we work towards that and that initial moment is just getting to know you and, and what you need from us really Um, And then it's just exercising and it's as little or as lot as you want to do. It's circuit-based. No one's looking at you. You have 30 seconds to work through an exercise. You might do two squats in 30 seconds or you might do 50. It's entirely down to you um, and we'll celebrate your successes um, and support you in the things that you're struggling with. And I think that's all we can do, isn't it? Just be there for the good and the bad um, in a non-judgmental way and, you know, breastfeeding bottle feeding you know early weaned or you know baby led weaning whatever it is that you're doing we'll just do our best to support you through that and help you where we can and it's important that we build relationships with health visitors and other organizations because we don't have all the answers um, but we like to think we can give you a nudge in the right direction if you if you have a question that we can't help with, um, and I think that's really important, is that part of the support network—the feeling that you can say something to a one-fit Mama instructor and know that there's absolutely no judgment at all, and whatever you need help with, we'll find it. And if we don't know who can help you, we'll we'll find somebody that you know that we can trust that that can. So, um, there's not enough of that. I think women are scared to to say what they need help with, and I like to think that you don't have to do that one-fit Mama. You can just say whatever it is that's on your mind um I was at a class last week in Oxford and one of the mums said that when she runs she feels like she's losing her eggs and she just said it really openly and I it really made me chuckle um that was her way of saying I need some help with my pelvic floor and I just loved that she felt like she could just say that to the instructor just really open and they had a laugh about it and then they talked about recovery and I like that
0: and what do the kids do whilst the exercises? They play. So
1: we don't um, we don't have a crash. Your baby is free to play with other babies. They interact with other babies. We have lots of toys, um, lots of baby mats. Um, we will encourage rolling. We would encourage the first wave, the first clap. We get really excited about that stuff. And some babies are fussy. Some babies don't want to play, and they're the babies that we love the most because they're the ones we get to cuddle. Um, I was at a class in King's Heath on Monday and um one of the ones did friend to frisk me on the way out because I was I was tempted to just she was she was so tiny this baby and I was like, yeah but I mean, you don't you've only had her for eight weeks, you might as well let me have her just, just fine. Um that's the best bit. Yeah. It, so you have
0: toys for the loads kids of baby. toys,
1: yeah. So we the the classes are separated in baby sort of toddler age. So we have our sort of six weeks to um crawling standing and um, so that's more static they tend to be just in one place um, and they're in the middle so m- m- the mums can see the babies all the time um, but then the bigger ones we have ball pits and tunnels and ride-ons so that the bigger ones can have a more explorative play we have like uh, a colouring desk and stuff in some classes so it just is growing with them and what they need to do to give mum 45 minutes break really because 45 minutes isn't a long time, but it really can make a difference, I think, from mum's mental health and the week. Just 45 minutes all week where she's not worried about what the baby's doing, I think, is quite cathartic, really. And what
0: age kids do they? We take up to, up to school, room. up to
1: school, and in the holidays we welcome big kids. Um, you'll see on our Instagram lots of big kids joining in, and um, we try to get the older school age children to do what mummy can do, and do we, the we try and get them to have a little competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I never see mums work as hard as when they're trying to beat their eight year old in a you know in a press up race. So that's really nice. And we're encouraging that healthy, active lifestyle. Um, you know, we know that children that see their parents exercise are uh, at far less risk of obesity. So, you know, we're really encouraging them to, to join in and enjoy exercise. And some of the kids are amazing. Like, some of the planking and squats that these kids can do is incredible. Like, it's that natural ability. Um, they sometimes like the floor with us a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's quite annoying. <laughs>
0: So what would be your advice to a mom who has, so a new mom who's feeling a bit down in the dumps?
1: The first thing I, you know, people ask me this question and the first thing I always say is you're loved. You're so, so loved. Even if you don't know you're loved, you are, whether that's your partner, friends, family, and cling on to that because sometimes it's easy to feel like nobody cares. Um, and then the next thing I would say is, Talk to someone, anybody, and it doesn't have to be deep, it doesn't have to be, but just talk, tell someone, you know what, today was really hard, and that's all it has to be, and I promise you, whoever it is will say, yeah, would well, you know what, yesterday was a really hard one for me, um, it's it's really easy to think that you're the only one that feels those feelings, um, and I think that sometimes just saying them to another person, really, really helps. And then the last thing I would say is that rock bottom is the strongest foundation. I was at the absolute lowest I could ever imagine being. And it ended up being the absolute making of me as a a woman, as a mother, as a wife, everything. It just changed me. So, you know, reaching rock bottom shouldn't be this, like, oh, that's it, there's no coming back. That's the perfect place to build upon whatever it is that you want to do. Um, Women are just so versatile and resourceful and we can multitask, obviously. And I just think if you are in that place now... Think about where you would want to be and aim for that. And even if you're not really sure, a bit like me, I never really knew where the, what the end game was. I just knew at that point, this is what I need. And I worked towards that. And then before I knew it, it, it was something else. And I think that we get so focused on that moment and where we are in that place. It's easy to forget that it's just one moment. It's just one week, one month out of the rest of your life. There is so much more that you can do and, you know, just kind of reaching out to people that love you, the people that are there for you, and making a decision that, yeah, this is this is where I wanna where I wanna go. And whether that goal is something really little like taking the baby out in the pushchair on your own. That's it. That's even if it's that tiny goal. Because once you've done that once, it could be, well, actually I might walk to the park next time and each day you will get better and stronger and whatever that is, you know, it will will help. Baby steps. Baby, literally baby steps. I've said before that I felt a bit like a broken plate and I was all these little pieces of me. And when they were put together, back together, they weren't the same. And And I kind of think, you know, when you smash a plate and you glue it back and you can still see like the little cracks but it still works and in some ways it's still as beautiful as it was before and I think that mums need to, to think about that and maybe the pieces might not go back the way that they were, but you're still whole and still just as valuable as you were before. I think that's easy to forget that when you get really stuck in that dark place. Um, it's easy to forget how amazing you are and all the pieces are there. And you just got to scoop them up and let your friends scoop them up too. I, I didn't do that the first time. I didn't let people support me. I felt that that made me weaker. Um, and I know now that there's strength in numbers really and talking to people that were there for me and I wish I'd done that much earlier on. I really do.
0: So there you go. Remember, just like Sophia says, there is strength in numbers and there's no sign of weakness in asking for help. Sophia has changed so many lives through exercise, giving back and talking honestly about her feelings. It's clear that talking to others, sharing stories and getting active with your little one can really make a huge difference. You can read Sophia's full story on our Brummie Mummy's Facebook page and on the Birmingham Live website. And you can find out more about Sophia's classes via her website, onefitmommer.co.uk. Brummie Mummies is a laudable production brought to you by Brummie Mummies and Birmingham Live. Be sure to follow our Brummie Mummies Facebook page for lots more family information and fun. And whilst there, sign up to our Brummie Mummies newsletter to make sure you never miss an episode. See you next time.